thankful that he's here today. Um, we welcome you to live streaming from Landmark Baptist Church here in Lyons, Georgia. Pray that the Lord will see fit to bless you also. Um, have your Bibles. Turn with me to Jeremiah, the 29th chapter. This is going to be very familiar to Sister Kara. But Jer Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing. We want to read uh, verses 10 through verse 14. <clears throat> verses 10 through verse 14. says, For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years, now that's, that's key right there because if you study uh, the book of Nehemiah, it was 70 years these folks went without worship. Now we, 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 we complain about the fact that we had to go about four or five weeks without worship. These, these folks had gone 70 years without worship. And when Ezra went up to Jerusalem and he, uh, he, he established a worship again, there was, just, there was absolutely, if not thousands, but millions that went up with him. And, uh, and they established a worship there uh, in Jerusalem. So these are the ones that Jeremiah is, is speaking of at this very moment. He says uh, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me, and when ye shall search for me with all your heart, and I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away from your captivity and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we again thank you for the day. Thank you for the blessings of you. Thank you for your word, Lord. And I pray you'll give me unction from on high as I attempt to preach this message, Lord. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. <clears throat> title of my message uh, this morning is, What Does God Think? Now, you know, we, uh, uh, let, let me say this before I get started on this message. It doesn't matter what man may think. You know, man, man has his thoughts. Uh, men, uh, for all of us, have our own thoughts about almost everything. Uh, you, over the years, uh, I was, I'm in my 53rd, uh, 54th year of pastoring, and uh, I've heard a lot of thoughts. A lot of people have given about a lot of things, a lot of situations. And so, but let me tell you, folks, when it comes up against the Word of God, it doesn't make any difference what man thinks. It's what God thinks. And that's what we're, that's what we're going to preach on today. What does God think about this? What does God think? These words of the text are those which Jeremiah sent to those Jews who were captive in Babylon. Jeremiah 29.1. You'll find that very, very teaching there in Jeremiah 29.1. These letters 
like the gospel of the grace is a revelation of Jehovah God's mind and will toward them. What, what does God think about them? And, and you know, it's amazing. They have, uh, literally, they have lived in sin all these 70 years. They, they, they were taken captive, and God, God was the one that saw to it that they were taken captive. And they were taken captive, and, uh, and, and they didn't get to worship. And so they began to do what the, Bab- the, the, the Babylonians did. And so certainly this is what God thinks of them. He says, because of their sins and iniquities, they have become slaves to the powers of Babylon. If we really look at our own lives we will no doubt see that we have that, that we are in the fix we are in because today uh, be in the fix we're in today because of our sins. It's, that's that's what's wrong with us today. That's what's wrong with this whole world. You know, it, I, I've said this many times. You know, and I've asked this, and I'll keep saying it. I'll keep saying it till this thing's over with. You know, uh, we've all prayed. Thousands. As a matter of fact, uh, Franklin Graham had millions that showed up in, in, in Washington yesterday. And they all prayed that this thing would go away. And, and some folks may say, well, people's not praying enough. Yeah, they are. They're praying a lot. But my problem with this, all of this is if, if that million reached God, which I'm sure some of them did, if that million reached God, then why isn't the thing gone this morning? Think about that for just a moment. You know, God God has a reason. Brother Gary and, and Sister Chelsea realizes this, and I know they know this. God has a reason for letting things go on as he does. You know, all of us got concerned about here. We, we had a circle of prayer after every morning service, or after every service in the afternoon. We had a circle of prayer for four years. Brother Gary was in the center of it. And we, we prayed for Brother Gary that God would send him a, a, a new kidney and that he, that he would soon be able to get off of the dialysis. Well, we, we began to wonder after about three years, two or three years, we said, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Let me tell you, God has his own time. God has his own uh, pl- purpose and plan for everything that goes on. And I don't know what God's purpose and plan is for this plague that is let loose upon the earth. I don't know what it is, but uh, sometimes I think that it may be, God may be introducing us to the end of the times. He may be introducing us to what it's going to be like from now on. And it's sad to say, you know, we've got, uh, I think it was, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember, Jeffress, uh, the uh, Robert Jeffress, not Jeffress, not Jeffress, but Jeffress, pastor of the First Baptist Church in uh, Dallas, Texas. He said that they, they didn't get to have church for a while. And he said when they started back having church, he said only about half of his people showed back up. 
Now think about that for just a moment. You know, when Ezra went up into Jerusalem and he established the uh, worship again, boy, those people could not wait to get there. As a matter of fact, you know, we stand uh, when we read the scriptures here. But when this, as soon as the scroll was unrolled, those people stood up. And I, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm looking at this wrong. But let me tell you, the Bible says that they read those scrolls for three days and three nights. Now, I don't know if those people stood that long or not, but I want to tell you, they were happy to get back to worship. They were happy to get back to worship. And it should be that way today, but it's not. It's not that way today. It's not that way today. You know, people don't flock into the house of God uh, uh, when they when they have a chance to go now. The churches around here, all, about all of them have services, but almost every one of them don't have the people there that they once had in the services. And so think about that for just a moment. Now, this is why we need to know what does God think. What does God think today? Think about that for just a moment. What does God think? It was Jehovah God who said, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. I know the thoughts that I think toward you. God knows his thoughts he thinks toward every one of us too. You know, we can go on and moan and carry on and go on and moon at mourn at the moon and mourn at the sun and we can mourn at everything else, but God knows what he thinks about us. And all, all we can pray for that God thinks of us just like he thought of these. And we're going to see that in just a moment. We can we pray that God thinks of us as he thought of them. If great men have great thoughts, what can we say of the thoughts of a sovereign God? You know, we, 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 we follow after great men with great thoughts. I see it on Facebook all the time. I see on Facebook where people will, somebody will come out with a great thought and Spurgeon or Pink or one of those will come out with a great thought and everybody will just put down, Amen, 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 amen. But what about God? What, what about what does God think? What does God think toward us? What would this world give just to know what God thinks? You know, we, I know what we think about this world. I tell you, this world is gone. It, it, it's done... I like to use it like this. This world's gone crazy. It's just gone crazy. I mean, when you think about people burning down buildings, burning down businesses, and 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 running in the streets, and 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 carrying on, and shooting policemen, and and, and everything like this, what does God think? What does God think? I would I would give anything. I know what President Trump thinks about it. I, I, I know what uh, other people think about it. But what does God think about it? What would you and I give just to know what God thinks? We all know that God has thoughts 
about each of us. Each of us in here, God has thoughts about each and every one of us. Just like he did these. Now some say, well, how many was it? There were millions. There were millions of these Jews who went into captivity. God sent them into captivity. Why? For the very thing that we're doing today, and that is they desecrated the Sabbath. That's why God sent them into captivity. They desecrated the Sabbath. They began to think not very well of the worship of the Lord. And God says, well, I'll just, I'll just take you away from me completely. And he did. He sent them into captivity. That's Jehovah God now. Sent them into captivity. He sent them into captivity. Now, we know his thoughts about each of us are personal thoughts. We know that. There was never, there's never been a doctor of philosophy. You know, Brother Ed Fountain was a doctor of philosophy. Brother Ed had uh, two PhDs in philosophy. He had one from the University of Kentucky and had one from the University of Georgia. Brother Ed Fountain used to be a member here for 17 years. Very intelligent man. Very thoughtful man. But there has never been a doctor of philosophy born that can tell us what God thinks about us personally. No one. I can't do it. You, you, may, you may go up to somebody and say, well, I know what God thinks about you. You don't know. That's the reason it burns me up every time I go to a funeral and a preacher's preaching a funeral and he says, I know that person is in heaven. He don't know any more than anybody else out there does. I, I don't know, I've told everybody, I've, I've been married to my wife 54 years, and she was instrumental in leading me to the Lord as a young boy. But I don't know what I think about her as far as her soul is concerned. She knows what she thinks about her soul, but I don't know what she thinks about it. The heavens declare his glory, but what he thinks about me must come from his lips. I know that there was a day, March of 27, 1967, that through the Lord Jesus Christ, who loved me and gave himself for me, that God, God knew God had some, I'm sorry, God had some thoughts about me. That's when I was saved, March 27, 1967. I know God has some thoughts about me. I know God said there's a wretched young man there that's married to a good Christian woman, and I know he needs to be saved. Brother Jim Jeffries didn't say anything that made me think any stronger. It was God that was working on me. It was that, it was that still, small voice that spoke to me. March of 27, 1967, and brought me to himself, brought me to God. It was that still, small voice. So I know he thought of, he thought of me as a terrible sinner who need to be saved. We know that his thoughts about each of us are peaceful thoughts. We know they're peaceful thoughts. Now listen to this. This is going to bless your heart right here. He says, thoughts of peace 
and not of evil. Verse 11. He told them, he says, I have thoughts of you, but he says they're thoughts of peace and not of evil. Boy, wouldn't it be wonderful if we knew that God didn't think evil of us? If you're here and lost today, I'm telling you, God thinks evil of you right this very moment. Because unless you're saved, and I'm, I'm, this is not Armenian because I'm, I, I don't like to, I, that's one thing I don't want to be called an Armenian, but I'm going to tell you, God has thoughts about lost people. He gave those thoughts a long time ago when God said that if you're not saved, you're not born again, you're going to die and go to hell. That's his thoughts about a lost person. But he said, of, of these, these are my people. He said, of these I have thoughts of peace and not of evil. A lot of people think that God's thoughts of them are evil constantly, but they're not. We, we may sit around and moan and groan and carry on and go on about, about our life and everything. That Why has our life come to this? And why, why is God doing this to me? Why is God letting this happen to me? Well, let me tell you, folks, God's thoughts of us are peace and they're not evil. God thinks of us with peace and not evil. I pray every night before I go to sleep, Lord, give me a peaceful night of sleep. Just give me a peaceful night of sleep, Lord. I don't want to dream about snakes. I don't want to dream about boogers that's about to get on me. I want a peaceful night of sleep. I want to lay down at night and sleep and wake up and say, that was a wonderful night of sleep. I can't even remember what I dreamed about. But I tell you, there was a time when I was in the military, there was a lot of things I dreamed about that had a hold of me. They had a hold of me. And they wouldn't let me up. I thought, well, this is my end right here. This, this is the end of me right now. And then I woke up. Thank God I woke up. Because let me tell you, there's going to be a day when you're going to lay down. You're going to find yourself in a place that you didn't know you were going to go. And you're never going to wake up from it. I can't, that, that makes me, that makes me quiver. When I think about that, I know. I think about that. I've got family members. I've got a grand, I had a grandfather that was as mean as they come. He was called Big John Reed. As a matter of fact, uh, <laughs> watch out, because, uh, because little old, uh, um, well, little old, I can't think of his first name. Jackson, Jackson yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. It's, 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 so, it's bad enough he's got Jackson in his name, but he's got Reed in his name. Big John Reed, we, we'd be, uh, he, when I was about four years old, he'd take me to a pool hall with him. I, I just like Rachel, I'd have a hold of his finger. He, big old man, about six foot four or five. He was solid as a rock. And he had big old hands, and he'd take my finger, and we'd go up Main Street, and we'd go in the Green Lantern Pool House. 
And soon as old, soon my grandfather walked in the door, old Lit Stone, he'd yell out, Y'all be quiet. Big John Reed's here. Because they knew how Big John Reed was. Let me tell you, folks, we know that God thinks evil. And far as I know, and this, this is where my thought was taking me, far as I know, Big John Reed passed away without knowing the Lord as his Savior. 1954. He has possibly been in hell ever since then. I think about that. Every time I go to the cemetery up there in Kentucky and I see his and my grandmother's grave, I think about that. Oh, it was big for him to be known as Big John Reed. He was tough as they come. But I think about that. We are sinners who sin and live with a guilty conscience every day. Does your conscience get guilty when you sin? Mine do. Your conscience get guilty when you sin. Some people say, well, that's the Holy Spirit working on us. Well, when the Holy Spirit starts working on you, you'll forsake that sin. But if you have a hard time forsaking that sin like old Esau did, you're in a bad shape. The Bible says Esau sought repentance with bitter tears. I pray that when you pray to God and ask God forgiveness, that God will give you that forgiveness. Because if he doesn't, then you're, there, there's, there's some bad things. It is a beautiful thought to know that God was in Christ reconciling us to himself and not imputing our trespasses unto us. That's what he says in, uh, in 2 Corinthians 5.19. Not imputing his sacrifices, his, his sins, uh, our sins to us. But he took them upon himself. He's like that scapegoat that was sent out into the desert. He took my sins with him to Golgotha's hill. And he died on that tree of Calvary there that I might have salvation. Oh, praise the Lord. I can't, I can't think of nothing but the most wonderful thing in the world. Wonderful thing in the world. It was Jehovah God who said, My thoughts are not your thoughts, saith the Lord. Isaiah 55 and verse 8. My thoughts are not your thoughts. God said his thoughts are to give you, or I, I, I added us, to give you an expected end. Ooh, that expected end. That expected end. What's, what's it going to be like in the end? What's it going to be like in the end? You know, I've seen some of the worst people over 50, going on 54 years in pastoring churches. I've seen some of the worst people die such a beautiful death. One of the worst men in the mountains of Kentucky, I preached his funeral. He died. He died one of the most peaceful deaths. I was, I was the only person with him when he died. He had, he had daughters and he had grandchildren. None of them was there when old Mr. Green died. 
I was, I was the only one there with him when he died. He died one of the most peaceful deaths ever was. Then I've seen people who have served the Lord all their life die such a terrible death. So you don't know what kind of death you're going to die. None of us know what kind of death we're going to die. None of us know what's going to bring us to our death. You, you folks know what I've always said. I've always said that when I preach my last message, I'm going to drop dead right here so some of these fellows have to carry me out. They're not going to want to carry me out. We know that his thoughts toward us are perspective thoughts. Jehovah God said that his thoughts are to give us an expected end. The Apostle Paul said that in the ages to come that he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ, Ephesians 2, 7. That's God's thoughts of us. He tells us what his thoughts of us are if we'll just study the word of God. The psalmist says, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them, the thoughts that God has for us. Psalms 139, 17. When God reveals his thoughts to his own, he expects them to receive his thoughts as the truth. God promised me 50, going on 54 years ago, in, in March 27, 1967, will be 54 years that I've been saved. God promised me then, he said, you trust Christ as your Savior, I'm going to take you to heaven someday. Do I still have that promise? I still got it. It's still there. I'm going on 77 years old. I know I don't look it, but I've got driver license to prove it. I'm going on 77 years old. And I still have that promise. God said, I'm going to be with you. Why should I fret? Why should I go on? Why should I worry? God promised me 54, almost 54 years ago that I'm, I was going to have a good end. And I believe that with all my heart. When God reveals his thoughts to his own, he expects them to receive his thoughts as the truth. He says, Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Verse 12. He goes on to say, and ye shall seek me and find me when ye have searched for me with all your heart. Verse 13. That's the verses that Sister Kara used in one of her devotions. Oh, I read them. I remember them. When I started preaching on this, I said, well, Sister Kara's already preached on this. In her devotions. Now that we have heard God's thoughts, now that we've heard God's thoughts about us, what does God think about us? Think about this for a minute. What does God think about us? Now that we've heard God's thoughts, it is faith, praise, and prayer for the rest of our lives. That's all you can do. I would say that these millions of Jews who finally got to worship, 
I, I would say the rest of their lives was wonderful. The rest of their lives was wonderful. Now that we've heard God's thoughts, it is faith, praise, and prayer for the rest of our lives. Why would we do anything else? Why not seek his face? Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, Matthew 5, 8. It is very evident. Ask, and it shall be given. You seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you, Luke 11, 9. When you can believe that, if you're here and lost today, when you can believe that, you'll be saved. God said, ask. And he said, I'll give. You know, you know what our problem is? We want it right now. We want it right now. We, we don't want to wait on it. We want it right now. We want it right now. You know, I heard someone say here some time back, and we, well, I've said it too many times, but I heard somebody else say it. That if God would have been, we'd been blessed if when God saved us, he took us on to heaven. No, he left us here. we got to drag these dead bodies around for the rest of our lives. We've got to realize that we're just sinners saved by grace. We're sinners saved by the marvelous and wonderful grace of God. And I pray today that you know this and you know the way it is. May God.